Welcome to Mile High Theology. I am Broderick Greer, one of the priests at St. John's Cathedral in Denver. We are continuing and wrapping up our summer series on scripture, tradition, and reason, and the way that Episcopalians and Anglican Christians um, have read scripture and understand tr- understood tradition kind of over the centuries. The source quote for our series is from the Society of St. John the Evangelist and an Episcopal monastic community in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and it goes like this. The Anglican tradition is to revere the scriptures, but to understand that they they must be both interpreted and viewed alongside the other ways of God's revelation. To understand authority as a graceful synergy between scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. So today we'll talk about reason and experience. One of the best things I've ever heard about scripture came from N.T. Wright, who is the former bishop of Durham, um, an Anglican diocese in the Church of England. And N.T. Wright basically describes scripture as four different acts, like in a play, And we're given the first act, the second act, the third and the fifth act. And the fourth act is the one in which we're living. And it's informed by the fifth and all of its preceding acts, but it's not prescripted. It's improv. Um, My Christian ethics professor, Dr. Timothy Sedgwick, would always say that one of the greatest virtues of Christianity is improvisation. And if we're going to associate one of the persons of the Trinity with improvisation, we're usually going to associate the Holy Spirit. Because as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will move as it will. It will blow wherever it wants to blow. It'll show up wherever it wants to show up. And that's one of the ways of approaching reason and experience. It's the living out of our our baptismal vows and living out of our Christian commitments that we've made in baptism and confirmation. It is... Having some sort of a script, we have kind of the basis, we have the background, we know um, sort of how the story ends if you want to read Revelation as a way that the story ends. And we know what led up to the story. But there aren't necessarily specific instructions on how to live out the story in our particular context. One of my favorite theologians is Bishop Yvette Flunder who is the presiding bishop of the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries. And I was listening to a talk of hers a few months ago. And Bishop Flunder has said before that as a black lesbian clergy person, there's really no one that she identifies with in the Bible, that the Bible was not 
compiled as a book with her in mind. And Dr. Flunder, um, Bishop Flunder, she plays off of something that St. Paul said in one of his letters to one of his communities. She, Dr. Flunder refers to herself as the Bible. She herself is a living Bible in the same way that St. Paul said that the people he was writing to were living letters. That there are kind of prescribed things we understand about Christianity, the basics, that God loves us, that God invites us into relationship, and God invites us into community. But beyond that, what what do we do in our marriages? What do we do when we're raising children? What do we do when we move to a new city? What do we do when we have a life-altering diagnosis? There are a lot of a lot of Christians um, from a more fundamentalist perspective who say that the Bible is basic instructions before leaving Earth, which is a horrific acronym. Um. And it's horrific because it really isn't basic instructions. It's a, it's a collection of stories. It's a collection of poetry, of history, of personal correspondence. But it's not super detailed instructions for how I am supposed to live in 2018. How I live in 2018 really is what we talked about early earlier, hopefully at its best, this synergy between scripture, tradition, that which we've received and hope to pass on, and reason and experience. And when I refer to reason, I refer to really our, our cognitive and emotional capacity as human beings, um, the way we understand ourselves and understand the world around us. And when I refer to, to experience, it really is kind of the text of my life. What have I gone through? What have I seen? What have I witnessed? And reading those questions with God in mind, what does my experience of life say about God and how I understand God and how I understand God's presence in my life. So we haven't been given a script. We haven't been given the specific instructions on how to live in August of 2018 or September of 2019. We don't have the manual, but we do have this kind of master of improv, this master of jazz, which is the Holy Spirit, who may nudge us, who may whisper to us, who may be prompting us with a feeling or a desire. I know some people get nervous when we start talking about the Holy Spirit because this really becomes quite subjective this gets into um, a lot of questions about, is it just my own feelings? Is this God speaking to me? This is gray territory. And that's where 
our reliance on God, on the Holy Spirit, on Christ becomes that much more vital and that much more central to our survival as Christian people. And so experience and reason and the Holy Spirit are kind of those ways that we learn to relate to God um, without a script in hand. It's possibly waking up in the middle of the night afraid for our lives or having an existential crisis or asking really heavy questions after the loss of a job. Where do I go from here? What do I do? Who am I? What does all of this mean? And I think that that's when the Holy Spirit kind of goes into overdrive because the Holy Spirit feeds off of improv and off of those unexpected questions. And I hope as we enter season two of Malhai Theology, we bring to God and to each other, to the church, to our friends and people we trust, the questions that won't let go of us, the questions that are attached to us at the hip, questions that are inconvenient, questions that won't stop haunting us, and that we know that God is expansive enough, creative enough, and unafraid enough to tackle those questions right alongside us, really with no assurance that an answer will even emerge. And so that's my invitation to myself, to you, as we enter season two of Malhai Theology, that you sit with uncomfortable questions, that you pose them, and that we be more concerned with asking the question than receiving an answer. This concludes our series on scripture, tradition, reason, and experience at Malhai Theology. I hope that you will join us on our next episode. We will have Pastor Michael Hidalgo from, um, from Denver Community Church. Here in town, uh, Denver Community Church is an evangelical congregation that is affirming of LGBTQ people. And I'll be asking Pastor Hidalgo about his journey to becoming LGBT affirming and the journey of the community that he pastors and, and why that's a special um, and important thing at this current time. So join us in September as we welcome Pastor Hidalgo to Malhai Theology. Enjoy the rest of your day.